Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my mom and co-host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom. Hi, Heidi. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. You know, uh, we've got an interesting show today because it's uh, horrendous. Uh, we're going to hear about an, an airplane crash that took our guest's uh, sister's life and also uh, caused burns with her other sister and uh, caused her to later on in life write a book uh, about replacement child, a memoir. So um, why don't you introduce our guest, Judy Heidi? I will, Mom, and this story is a very compelling story, so I know a lot of people are going to want to go to Judy's site after we do the show because it is a, a story that was riveting to me, and when I went on her site and started reading about her book, I said, wow, this is unbelievable. Um, the topic today is called Replacement Children, and our guest is Judy Mandel. Judy is the replacement child born after her sister was killed in 1952 when American Airlines Flight 6780 crashed into her family's New Jersey home. It would be years before she would understand how the event shaped her life. She is also the author of the New York Times best-selling book, Replacement Child, a Memoir. Welcome to our show, Judy. Oh, thank you very much, Ivy. It's great having you on the show. How did you come up with this concept of replacement children? You were a writer. Before And I noticed that when I went to your site, you've written some wonderful books uh, for helping writers and if you want to publish and all that kind of thing. So you were already a writer before you thought about writing the book about your background? Yeah. Um, actually, this is, this is really my first book, um, but I, I have been a writer all my life. Um, and the, the, the weird thing about the title of the book is that I didn't really even think about this concept until I was writing the book for about a year. Um, and You just decided like, to write a memoir? Uh, I decided I wanted to write the story of my family and what they went through with uh, losing their young daughter and also having a, a daughter who was very badly burned and, and nearly killed in that plane crash. Um, and that was that was my first thought, was that I was writing um, a book and about about their experience, and mainly because I was born after that main event in their lives, so that I, it didn't come upon me until I was deep into writing the book that, gee, this is actually my story. Mm. And, you know, that uh, as I did some more research into grieving and parent parents grieving and losing children and, you know, started to really understand what my parents went through um, that I that I put two and two together and and actually found the definition of, re, of replacement child that was um, coined in the 60s and because I read through those um, I'm going to say you know indications of this replacement child syndrome and realized that I was you know answering yes to all of <laughs> all of those indications um, that's really how I, I um, it was really a journey of figuring that out, that this was my story. Wow, that's and that, fascinating. And that it was about being being the replacement for my, my sister. Right, so so you what you thought was initially their experience, you realized was your experience. And Judy, I want yeah, to backtrack well. a little bit for those listening that haven't read the book. Sure. So just to recap, your sisters were seven and two? Yeah. 
and a plane crashed into your home in New Jersey and killed your seven-year-old sister. This was before you were born. Is that correct? Yes, it was. Um, and your listeners may have heard about these plane crashes recently mm-hmm. um, because it, it's one of the three plane crashes in um, Elizabeth, New Jersey, that was the backdrop for Judy Bloom's new fiction. <laughs> wow. Her fictional book, um, in a, in the unlikely event. Yes, and I've heard Her about. Book. I've heard a lot about. There's a lot of buzz about that new book. So it, it, this was the actual. Um, you know, mine is is about the actual event mm-hmm. that touched touched my family, and if you speak to anybody who lived in that area in the 50s, they will know about these plane crashes in Elizabeth. Um, so that. And how many years after the plane crashed and your seven-year-old sister died, were you born? I was born in 1954, and the plane crash was um, in 1952. So two years later. Wow. Three years later, yeah. Right. A couple years. I was just thinking about it. So your mother got pregnant two years after your sister was killed. And then she was also taking care of your sister. Well, a little less than two years because... It took nine months. Right. <laughs> and it was, oh, two, right. It was yeah, two years yeah, later that she had it. you. Yeah. Was right. she planning on having a third child, or was she, did she have you because your sister died? No, she would, she would not have had a third child. Okay. Um, wow. She, uh, first of all, she was, she was an older mother. She was 38. Yeah. So she really, there was really no waiting for her. Right, right. To, uh, which I think is, you know, part of, part of the, uh, the issue of, um, Parents who do lose children, and you know, going through the grieving process, and and giving it giving time to heal before they before they do have another child. Um, I don't think she really had that option to, mm-hmm. to wait any longer, or she felt she didn't anyway. Yeah. Um, back back then in 1952, 1954, having a, a child at 38 was that was older. Old. That, yeah. Now not so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now. You uh, not only was she you talk about replacing the child that died, but also you were the healthy one. Right, right. Um, and when I've talked to uh, in my research, when I when I did speak to uh, psychiatrists about this, they said, "Well, you you sort of had a double whammy because you were also, you know, the the well child when you know your sister needed a lot more care. So kind of all the all the hopes of." The family were pinned on you in a so, way. So your two, your, your sister that had survived the crash, um, I know she was two at the time, and I remember reading that uh, she was her body was car- your mom carried her out of the house, and she was burned what over eighty percent of her body. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. That's, ama- that's very awful. Burned. That's um, it, they didn't think that she would survive. It was very uh, touch and go for quite a while. A while after that, um, you can imagine two year old little mm-hmm. child. Yeah. Um, and, now, and she did go through surgery. She she went through surgeries her entire life. She passed away in uh, 2009. Mm. Now, did was she living when you wrote the when you started writing the book or no? Yes, she. In fact, she read the book um, just before it came out. Um, the first, you know, I self-published this first, and then it was picked up um, by a traditional publisher in uh, 2013. She had read it. I'm really grateful that she read it, and uh, I, I actually gave her. Writers always tell me this is the wrong thing to do, but I gave her carte blanche and, and said, if there's anything in there you don't want in there, just 
tell me and I'll take it out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more important to me that she not be hurt right. by anything. Well, like you said, um, she'd been through so much. And I remember at one point you saying she was, what, the strongest person you've ever met? Absolutely. That's Absolutely. amazing. That's incredible. Absolutely She's... the most um, inspiring person. And, and I think the the incredible thing to me is after this book has been out, even now I get probably you know, a letter or an email at least at least once a month from somebody who was touched by my family or my sister. And, you know, they write to me and, and tell me that she was an inspiration when, you know, they they might have just met her once. Wow. And uh, she was very brave. She really was. Uh, how long has it been since she died, did you say? Uh, 2009, so that's almost seven years now. I would think that was... A lot to lose her to. Oh yeah, and and she was the you know the last of my family, so my immediate family, uh, yeah. my parents anyway, and my sister. Well, gone. what are the, some of the characteristics that you found of a replacement child? Um, the main one is a uh, a feeling of uh, identity and you know trying to figure out your place. And and who you who you really are in your in your life and your family, um, I know mine stems from feeling kind of always on the outside of my family, and some of that stems from this fact of they had this one pivotal event in their life that shaped much of their lives, especially my sister, mm-hmm. and I wasn't there for that. I was after, <laughs> you know, I was kind of after the main event, right? And, and always I didn't consciously realize that, but it absolutely had an effect on me um, to to find my place. Um, so that's how did you how me, did you feel about the, writing a memoir? Um, you had already been a professional writer. How, were you um, were you scared? Mem- were you nervous? Were you? I was. Um, I think part of uh, part of my process was. A combination of um, searching for for my own identity, and also it was part of a grieving process as well. Um, you know, having lost my parents, and you know, when you're writing a book, you write dialogue. And um, I remember sitting in front of my computer and writing their dialogue, and thinking, "Oh, that's exactly what they would say." Mm-hmm. I, I hear that in my head. I remember exactly. You know, so it's uh, it was kind of like having them with me for another another few years after they were gone. And I would think it would be very healing. It was. It was very healing. Um, also, on the other hop, on the other side of that, there are revelations that that come out of writing that that you didn't realize were there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, understanding a little bit more about um, my father and and our kind of complex relationship that we had. Um, I remember, you know, at first when I realized that that he really had a hard time accepting me as the replacement for his older daughter and that 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 colored our relationship entirely. I remember being kind of angry for, for probably about a year while I was, while I was writing. So Um, did you feel like you couldn't live up to Donna's legacy and in her memory in your dad's eyes or not? Oh, yes. Okay. That's definitely part of it. Um, Because you can't. Right. There's no way that you can live up to a child that's passed away at mm-hmm. the age of seven. Yeah. There, you know, by the time you pass that age, you know, you're you're going to uh, be doing things they don't like. Well, know? well, I say I always say that. I always say that, Judy. I said, 
My brother Scott hasn't done anything wrong since he was 17 years old. Because <laughs> yep. he died at 17. And so, you know, it's uh, like... That's right. That's right. There's no way that... Uh, and and you can't you can't blame the parents for that either. Right. That, you know, they have the idealized... Uh, view of the of the child and um you know i i know in my in my book i kind of call her you know the angel child you can't live up to that mm-hmm. the angel so that's child. a uh that's another another little indication and did you feel like your i know that you talked a little bit about what your how your dad parented differently did you feel like that your mom parented differently because she had had donna die oh i think so mm-hmm. yeah i think she kind of clung to me a little bit more than um, certainly maybe she would have. Um, very, very protective. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was very protective too, but at a distance. He was, uh, he, he, he couldn't quite, you know, grasp that this, uh, this, other, this other child was here. And, and do of, you also think, Judy, that was because he was, ter- he'd already, he'd lost the child and he was almost terrified to get too close because he could, he knew that it was possible to lose a child? He was maybe afraid of losing another one. I think that's exactly it. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think he actually fought against having another child. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, from what, from what I know and uh, what I was told, um, you know, he, he kind of, he pulled against it. And um, it was almost a a prescription when my, my mother was in a deep depression and it was almost a, you know, prescribed for her to to have another child. Mm-hmm. That this would this would help lift her out, and I think he did it for her. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wanted to take a chance. And did it lift her out when you were born? I'm sorry. Did it lift her out of her depression when you were born? Did it lift your mom out it of did. her depression? Okay. It did. Um, she still had bouts of it, um, you know, periodically because that's another thing that I you know I remember through my childhood. But it did. It did. Absolutely. I, I felt after working through the writing of my book, um, I did realize that it helped her. And that um, that was actually a very gratifying revelation for me that I helped lift her out of it. And I think also um, my sister. I was going to say, I, I would I, think it would be good for Linda yeah. to have you around, to have you there as her advocate and as her playmate, and because she had been through so much and had had to yeah. go through all these surgeries and all these things, and and to do that as an an only surviving child, I think would have been harder. Since and you two were so close, she was able to tell me that too. Mm-hmm. She was still around, you know, when I wrote this, and um, she had written me. Um, actually, a while ago, she had written me letters, you know, about you know what it was like when they brought me home, and you know um, how how it did help her. That mm-hmm. it was kind of a normalcy that they wouldn't have had mm-hmm. otherwise. Mm-hmm. So uh, how do people get your book? And tell us about your website. Now, you do some um, help people in writing. You've written other books, right? I do. I do. I help people. Um, actually, I coach people with their memoirs. That's um, great. I, I do some ghostwriting, and I do some teaching and editing. So I'm, you know, busy doing that that sort of thing. I'm, I'm working on uh, some work of my own that's, uh, you know, slow going. But <laughs> so I'm, work, I'm working on some fiction now, actually. This is good to know, isn't it, Mom? Because a lot of our people listening do write, go on to write memoirs about or their own experiences, to, or want maybe to. Would like a coach to help them. Yeah. 
Well, I, I do know. love doing you, that. Didn't you write a book about self-publishing also or publishing world or something? I did. I, I, would, I would call it a pamphlet small, you know, uh, uh-huh. self-publishing, um, really to help people figure out, do you want to do this? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, is this something cool. that you really want to dive into that, um, you know, kind of the uh, the ups and downs of um, the good and bad of doing it? Yeah. And the world's changed a lot, too, with the Internet. It sure has. Sure. It sure has. And I always tell people, even if you're going to self-publish, you need an editor, <laughs> whoever right. it is. Exactly. You don't want to put out a book that's not well-edited. Right. Sure. Uh, tell, tell us where your website is, because I think people are going to be interested in going there if they're thinking about writing a memoir. Sure. Sure. And also, I think uh, what's been important about this show, talking to you about it, is that it has been healing for you. Because, you know, people have questions about that, too. You sure. Know, would it sure. be a good thing if I delved into that, you know? Mm-hmm. Would it be better that I didn't, you know, that kind of thing? And and should I tell my family about it and all sorts of things like that? About the writing of, of mm-hmm. it, you mean? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, sometimes it can it can get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have to be honest mm-hmm. that, you know, you can you can cover over a lot of things and not look deeply into it. Um, but I find that, uh, you know, I do... I think I understand much more about myself and my family, and um, I found it very healing, a very healing thing to do for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, tell us uh, what your website is. Yeah, it's easy. It's judymandel.com. <laughs> J-U-D-Y-M-A-N-D-E-L. And this book is a great read, so I highly recommend picking it up, and I think you're going to find a lot of yourself in it or and a lot of interest in it. It's quite a And that's quite an amazing available story. everywhere. It's on it's on Amazon, it's uh bookstores, anywhere that you anywhere books are sold, as they say. And it's Replacement Child a Memoir by Judy Mendo. Right. Yeah. Right. Well thank you so much for being on the show, Judy. It's been oh, great. Thank you. On. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Judy. Thank you. Well thanks for uh listening to the show today and I hope that you'll get Judy's book. I think it is a great read and about survival and about child loss and about replacement children and you may find some of your stuff in there and uh, thank you for listening again and as always Heidi we want to remind people to lean on our hope until they find their own if they've lost hope right? Absolutely and I'm, I'm just impressed that Judy took this on and wrote this book. It's a fabulous read. So thanks for listening to our show today, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.